Signal Fire Radio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders. And I am super excited, Matthew, as I always say about this episode, because we have a very special guest co-host and we have an extremely special guest and our long absence can can finally be attributed to us like redecorating, re, uh, retooling, re-equipping the studio with some much better stuff and some much sexier vibes. Ron Holmes, the man who needs no introduction. I'm so glad that you're going to guest co-host with us because the last time we did an episode with you, the first time, like your mic feedback was like so high. I don't know why that sound didn't sound quality. So I feel like this is a good second at bat because your mic is dialed in right now. I made sure that we knew that Ron had the best mic. <laughs> good. <laughs> How do you, are you good with that? Like, does that make you feel better? You know, I mean, as, as the, as a comm chief, yeah. you know, operational maintenance is, is key to success yeah. of the mission. So I'm, I'm glad to see that we've identified a problem and we have a solution and uh, you guys are keeping up on your equipment PMs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thank you, Master Sergeant. I know that we've that, become friends with Ron. Good, good friends with Ron now, but I still get nervous when I'm the one sitting next to him. Yeah. yeah. You, you can never not be intimidated by yeah. Mr. Holmes. I know. I know. All right. And we've got Tim Jensen, who is the chief strategy officer and co-owner of Grunt Style, the apparel company, the founder of Grunt Style Foundation, and am I missing any other bone? Marine Corps veteran. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hell of a good dude. And and a natural deep voice for podcasting. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like butter. Silky smooth. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm so. I can read a couple poems if you like. Hell yeah. <laughs> and since a couple days that I've since I've met you, um, when Sam Elliott passes, you are the oh. next Sam Elliott. Oh, man. That would be pretty cool. I'm, I'm quite jealous you of say, his mustache. Say, yeah. say the banquet beer. Oh, the banquet beer. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that Josh, sounds almost better than Sam. Josh Roggins, can we isolate that and then just like throw it again? Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's do like a let's do like a knockoff commercial of Tim doing doing oh, yeah. the banquet beer, and we're gonna run it, and we don't care what Miller Lite says. Which we've agreed. Which we've agreed. Have you got ever gotten a cease and desist? Oh, many. Okay. So we've agreed on this show prior that getting a cease and desist means that you've kind of arrived in yeah, some capacity because yeah, yeah. people are taking notice that you're doing things that they don't like. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Do you, remember, do you remember the first one that you got? Oh, see, the first one we got, I think, was from uh, Phillips 66, uh, the gas station the gas of all station. people, of all places, right? We, uh, we did a little satire uh, design on their logo and they sent us a cease and desist. I'm like, oh, this is great. Uh, so I did what I do with most of those. I crumpled it up and threw it in the garbage can. <laughs> Dude, you said something last night, and this is what I want. I want. Let me give some context as to why you're here. So you and Ron connected like five years ago, you said, at SHOT Show? Yep. Okay. And then kept up in touch on social media, and then you are coming into town so we could urge Senator Burr to get behind the Honoring Our PACT Act, which is going to expand uh, benefits through the VA. Mm-hmm. For burn pit victims, for Agent Orange exposure, a lot of different things. So that connection created something. But you said something last night at the VBC, dude, that I just, it, we've been saying it here. Um, you said that our generation is different from our father's generation. Yeah. What did you mean by that? Well, I think, you know, we, we fought a different war, right? Uh, we, we come from a different breed of uh, generation, right? Uh, there's, you know, 
technology. We have all these different connection points, and we have a voice. Right? Our, uh, largely, our our parents, our, our fathers, and our mothers that were in the service, you know, they got out, they did their time, and you know, that was pretty much it. Right? Uh, here we are today, where we have veteran businesses that are popping up all over the country over the last 20 years, right? Uh, we have a resurgence of, of veterans that are uh, getting into community-based issues and making a difference at, at the grassroots level and all the way up to you know politics and the federal government. Uh, we haven't seen anything like this since probably World War II, yeah. right? And you know the one thing that I, uh, I find exciting about that is uh, this generation – and I would say mostly like the Gen Xers, right, is the, are the ones that are saying, we're not going to take this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, t- times are changing. And, is, right? Is, is in my head right it, now. Right, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and it's, you know, just let's make a difference, yeah. right? And that's where I think, you know, uh, you guys are, are doing that with, you know, standing up and, you know, doing podcasts and bringing uh, issues to the forefront of conversations. Ron's doing that with his business and, you know, and, and his training. Uh, you see it everywhere yeah. within the veteran community, and I think it's exciting. Well, we see it on the streets with your apparel, yeah. too, all the time, man. I like. I, I heard. T- tell me if this is correct. You guys are doing two hundred million dollars in revenue, thereabouts. Uh, it was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. It's. Uh, I, I would never have thought it. Yeah. Right? Back when I was folding T-shirts, right? Yeah. It was like, oh man, this is a cool little gig. I don't know how long I'll be here, <laughs> right? This is company gonna. It's gonna last. It's gonna pay my bills. Make it ten dollars an hour. Um, and here we are, you know, nine years later, and this thing's a, a monster, right? Uh, I was telling a gentleman outside, you know, I think we probably have 30 million units of product circulating in the United States and around the world in many respects. You know, so that's freaking crazy. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that's like one in every 10 Americans, I guess. If there's 30 million individual pieces of product. Can you, can you tell that story? Because I think so many people that'll, that listen to this will draw inspiration from that. Like you were employee number five. Mm. You got hired to fold T-shirts. Yeah. Now you're the, the chief strategy officer and co-owner of it. But will you just talk about the growth of going from five employees to 500 employees and what that yeah. has looked like at an organizational level for y'all? Like how did you get there? Yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you, it was, lo- it was painful, right? Um, and, and dealing with that level of growth, uh, in any business is uh, it's, it's challenging, right? You have labor issues, you have compliance issues, you have all these different things that are you know, stacked against you as, a, as an entrepreneur trying to stand up an idea, a vision. Um, and, you know, all those things will come and hit you in, in the most unlikely moments. Um, you know, going from five employees to 25 employees, that's a huge jump, right? That's, you know, your, your operation is expanding. Going from 25 to 100, my God. Like, imagine uh, the complications that come along with that and the processes that need to evolve within your business to, to scale to that to that situation. We're right? experiencing, I mean, shoot, yeah. we're only at five, and yeah. those growing pains enough have been. Absolutely. So I can only imagine just going yeah. to 25. You know, I think, you know, once you once you get to that level of, like, where you're looking around, and you're like, okay, I got 100 employees, but do you really have 100 employees? No, you have about maybe two, 300, right? Because you're looking at those individuals, and you're like, well, they probably have a family. Right, they're probably married with children, and you know they're part of your group and your organization, and you're leading them as well, right? And you have to every decision that you're making, at least in my my mind, right? I take into account all the people that that Grunstyle is involved with, right? From uh, you know the the employee that's creating a, a shirt by design, or uh, the individual that's shipping that order, 
that's that's the top of the pyramid. But you know, when you get down and layer into it, it's like you know, you're supporting little Johnny, right, uh, as well, and making and making making good decisions that you know that permeate through. I think is is important, right? And and you know, the, one of the conversations I had many many years ago, which I thought was fascinating, was with a gentleman from the McKinsey Group. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them; they're a pretty big uh, uh, PE group, right? And uh, this was at a Bunker Labs event in Chicago, and I think it was like 2014. And he said to me, he's like, oh, you guys are you know, cruising along. You're about to hit $25 million. Like, that's your first hurdle. I'm like, okay, well, sure, right? And he's like, uh, and I was like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, let me tell you. He's like, your first million dollars is going to be the hardest money you ever make. Hardest money you'll ever make. Uh, then $10 million is going to be the next challenge. After $10 million, it's $25, 50 150 250 and once you go through all those mile markers, right, your, your business is expanding. $150 million is, you know, a, a monumental hurdle that you're going to have to get through because you're going to have to scale your processes and make sure that everything is uh, buttoned up, right? You're going you're, you're gonna to lose a lot of your team members because you're making that next evolution to uh, where you want your business to be, that $250 million marker, right? Um, and... and it's a hard, it's a hard press on your business. It's a, there's a lot of stress with that, and you, you know, so making sure that you're you're taking care of all your employees, right, and you're you're identifying people that are white knuckling, holding on to, you know, what what their part uh, part is in that uh, operation. You know, you got to be cognizant of that, and as a good leader, you got to be looking at all your forces and all your resources, and making sure that the beans, bolts, mandates are all there, right, and that, and and that you're serving them in a way that they're able to continue to grow with your operation and you're not losing it. Dude, I haven't heard that in forever. Beans. <laughs> <laughs> I say to Riker every morning. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> been let me check your, with hey, let me I see that rucksack, so son. <laughs> I know you're going to preschool. Let me see it. Let me see Jump them contests. Junk on the bunk right now. J-O-B. <laughs> Is this uh, rust on uh, your duty belt? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, Tim, um, a little bit about your military career. You did you did eight years total. Mm-hmm. Did what? What rank did you get out as? A sergeant. Okay, yeah. I want I wanted to talk about that specifically because I think there's a lot of people who didn't achieve rank that feel like they can't do something similar to what it is that you did. Yeah. Maybe it's an imposter syndrome. I don't know what it is. Yeah. How did you fight through that own self doubt with yourself? Did you ever experience it, and how did you fight through it? You know, I don't think I've ever had any self-doubt um, in, in my capabilities. So I think the, the greatest thing the Marine Corps ever taught me was that uh, you, can do, you can do anything you want. Right? If you, you put, yourself, you put your, your focus to it and you build a team around that idea, you can do anything you want. And I'm, I'm thankful for the Marine Corps teaching me that. Uh, you know, I was a, as I was saying last night, I was, I'm a horrible garrison marine. I'm not built for peacetime, <laughs> right? Uh, but you know, I, my, I shined through when when we went to Iraq, right? I, I was it was like uh, I was built for that shit, and um, it was it was a uh, you know taking all those experiences and then coming about out to the, into the private sector, you know, I, I ask myself two questions when I when I come into a position that I'm uncertain, right, uh, or I'm feeling a little bit of stress. Am I being shot at, and am I going? And am I going to die? If I can say no to those two questions, I can change my environment. I can change everything around me. Right? I can disengage. I can, you know, come from another uh, point of attack. I can do whatever I want. Right? Because I'm, I can do that. I'm making that that choice. Um, and the likelihood of being shot at, and you know, am I going to die? And the decisions I'm making in business 
relatively small. And especially since you've gotten out of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. <laughs> it's, it's higher in Chicago, but less so in San Antonio. Right, right. Yeah. Um, have you, did you feel like you were meant for entrepreneurship? Like, did you take a job in between the Marine Corps and Grunt Style? Was there work that you did there? That yeah, was- uh, I, was a, I was a union carpenter in the city of Chicago. Um, and it was a fun job, right? Uh, you know, working with your hands and, you know, kind of working to your own schedule, yada, yada, yada. Um, but ultimately, what I, well, I left that job because uh, I felt like I was carrying everybody around me. Uh, the, the, the conditions were not what uh, were satisfactory for me. Um, you know, a lot of people were, you know, coming, showing up drunk uh, every day. And, you know, like we got footage that we have to cover, guys. Like I was a floor layer, right? And, you know, we had a, a certain amount of uh, square footage we had to cover every day. And I felt like I was carrying most of the people I was working with because, you know, one, they didn't take it serious and it was a union job. It was a can't get fired. I just, you know, wouldn't get it, you know, put on another job and then they get unemployment. Right. So I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm done with this. So uh, I left. Uh, I was uh, 30 years old. Uh, just picked up and walked away from it all and uh, went to college, got my degree in game theory. I've got a bachelor's degree in that and uh, started a business um, doing comic books which was a lot of fun. Uh, I published seven comic books. I was a featured artist in the Comic-Con in Chicago, and you know, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, my wife's, <laughs> but it wasn't making me any money. And my wife's like, you got to find a real job. So that's, I got a, I got a question on that. Story. Are you a fan of the Coheed and Cambria saga? No. <laughs> Matt was really thought that was going to be a moment to bond. It's Sorry. okay. It's Sorry. all right. It's right. <laughs> I'm also not a comic professional, so you look at it through the eyes of an artist. <laughs> I look through the eyes of a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> this, is trash. this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nerd, Poor, nerd stuff. Yeah, super, super nerd. But they're stuff. an epic rock band, dude. Game theory, like that's that's much more. I mean, that's using mathematical equations to predict outcomes. Essentially, right? Did I did I summarize? Yeah, yeah. That? There's a lot of that. Um, you know, it's understanding how to uh, take an individual from point A to point Z, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and tell a story uh, through uh, user interface, user experiences, um, and uh, predictability. Right? So, video games. Yeah. Well, but I'm thinking freaking elk. There's no, no, no. There's <laughs> a whole there's a whole level of game theory though, like that goes right down to the to like some people speculate that game theorists are the ones who control all of society. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because because it's it's modeled out in such a way where it's like if I if I do this thing over here then the overwhelming percentage of people yeah. in a majority would would react like that and then the people who are over here who implemented the thing I mean we can yeah. go down conspiracy theory levels on this are going to react in such a way and provide that that makes these people happy like it's very I I'll, I I, re- I can't remember the book that I read on it, but it's like it's heady. Stuff. So basically, the people controlling our country are gamers. Is all is all done. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I, Josh, are you tracking with me on this? Like you get deep in the dark web. Okay. All right. We'll we'll do a follow You're not on. Supposed to say that on the mic. <laughs> yeah, scrub that. Scrub that. August yeah. eighty six. But, but it's it, game theory is fascinating, right? Yeah. And and I think you're you're you've got it right in the sense of, um, you know, it's predicting outcomes right through if then statements. Right. How do if if I do this, then this, right? And uh, you're 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 mapping all these different outcomes uh, to to you know move move a, a story, a situation, or a person through an out, uh, an environment. 
and that's really what it all is. Like, and that's what business is. Like, yeah. uh, you know, you take your audience. How do you how do you build your audience? How do you tell a story to your audience? How do you move that audience into a predicted outcome that you've already designed for them? Right. Much of like what we've done in Iraq. Right. You know, business is much like coin operations. Right. Because you got to get people to do things they don't want to do. Right. So how do you get them into doing that? You only predict an outcome for them, and you walk them into that outcome. Mm. Right. And that is the most simplest way of. Uh, I can I can relate uh, to anybody out there if you're a veteran and understand coin operations, like you know, in, issue that to your to your uh, or implement that into your operations, uh, and it's fascinating. I've got the 1983 original uh, uh, counterintelligence operation handbook uh, FM manual from the United States Marine Corps that has been uh, since terminated, and you know there's ne- there's like maybe I don't know 100 copies in existence. I've got one of them. And it's the most fascinating book I've ever read. And, uh, you know, I've, I've taken all that, consumed it, and kind of uh, implemented it into my business. Uh, the way that I conduct my business and the way that I think about things uh, and, and how you want to uh, get people to do things that you don't want, that they don't want to do. Is that something you started doing, like, in the early days at Grunt Style? When yeah. You got there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm personally fascinated how, like, like, your journey went from 30 years old, I'm going to take a job folding T-shirts. Yeah. To now we're a two hundred million dollar company. Like, how the hell does that happen? Game theory. What did you do? See, I told you, man. Game theory runs everything. Game theory runs. So I built a. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So I'm imagining like a line worker, like Susie Q, and she's like, "I don't want to fold five thousand shirts today." And then, and then Tim's like, like, "Come here, Chad. What if we don't? (laughs) What if we don't fold five thousand shirts? What if we five thousand and two? Then what do we do? But uh, yeah, but it's quite it's quite fascinating, right? And you know, so one of the things I did early in the business, right? Psycho, you know, we all learned this when we were in Iraq is uh, you know psychological operations, right? You have to start building target packages. Well, all the leaders in my company that I was leading at the time, I built uh, packets on them, right? And I was like, I walked up to every employee that I was leading, and I was like, Hey, I want you to take this survey, and I need you to take this uh, test, and all that information started coming back to me. And every uh, leader that I, that worked for me at that time, and I still do this to some reasonable degree, and it's much more scientific now. Uh, but I built uh, psychological uh, psych packets on them, right? So now I know their personality traits. I know how they think. I know how they communicate. I know where they uh, need help uh, in in some of their, their the ways that they approach business uh, and their acumen. Uh, and I have this whole thing. So when I see that they're off pattern, I can relate to that and. You know, knowing what my personality type, I need to get down to the level of an individual to communicate with them, right? So if you're an INFJ and I'm an ESTJ, I know that I need to speak to you in a very different manner. So I'm going to bring myself down to that level, communicate to you on your level mm-hmm. and get that message across. But I can't do that unless I know how you think, how your personality is, uh, how you go about uh, problem solving. And that's what you need to understand as a, as a leader is, you know, here's my assets. How do I utilize my assets to the best of the, uh, uh, to the outcomes that I want? Are you an ISTJ? I'm an ESTJ. That's where the heroes the, are at. The architects. On the E side. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have low emotion and, and we're rational thinkers. Yeah, low, low on the empathy, empathy side. That's right. High on the intellect. And well, I, I, yeah, but I deviate in that aspect because I, I feel like. You're, you're definitely low on the intelligence my, side. My wife yeah, says, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. My exactly. wife says I'm dead inside. <laughs> you have no soul, Tim Jensen. Did you get in, involved like in the design phase of things like early on? Oh like, yeah, sure. The, yeah. the actual brand itself. Yeah, yeah. What, what did that? How did that look? Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, designing. You know, so you, 
there'd be capacity issues when, you know, uh, I'd go, cause I have a designer background. I'd jump in and start doing some design work. Uh, you know, some of the, some of the bigger designs of the company has had, uh, you know, I had my hand in designing it itself. Uh, Daniel Alaric, the founder, uh, him and I would, you know, just when we were bored, we design stuff, and, mm-hmm. you know, throw it at the team. Like, Hey, what do you think? Like, oh, this is what is this? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of designing in, in the early days. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, being involved in social media and driving it, uh, you know, creating the content, uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, nowadays you know, it's more of like pulling strings and, you know, I don't get to do that stuff. So when, when, when there's an opportunity for me to design something, I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so like <laughs> this, this whole, uh, this, uh, strategy that we're doing right now where we're going across the country with, um, uh, the burn pits issue, uh, really started because I wanted to design a website. <laughs> really? You just needed something to do? I just needed something and you're to like, do. It's, it's, right, so I created gaslightingthewarfighter.com. And really? Like, oh, this is pretty cool. Let's uh, let's take this across country. <laughs> you sort of backed into a cause, right? Because you wanted to build a website. Well, that's, that's, so instead of hobnobbing with the celebrities, you get you wanted to you wanted to come down back a level and design some stuff so you could hobnob with more celebrities. Not right? necessarily hobnob, more of like stick my finger in the eye and be like, yeah. get on board. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yesterday was awesome. I think that's a, a really cool transition uh, to kind of talk about what happened yesterday. Because yeah. um, I was laying in bed last night looking through some of the pictures and debriefing with my wife how it made me feel and and what i hope that yeah debriefing tonight's her birthday we're going out for a date um and then i'll finger quote tomorrow when i play some cisco when you get home (laughs) (laughs) some sarah mclaughlin drinking cisco or playing no playing cisco (laughs) i stay away from that prune juice jailhouse prune juice but like like summarize the issue tim and then and then how how everything led up the past two weeks to yesterday and then what you personally felt the result of yesterday is going to be. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, I, I think this is an issue that is, you know, uh, largely underserved. Not many people know about it, right? That's unfortunate. Uh, even as much as we've been banging the drum for the last three years. But essentially it comes down to this. You know, there's been three and a half million veterans that have gone in and out of Afghanistan, Iraq, and 22 other countries that uh, well, a lot, a lot of, uh, have, many people don't know about because there's special operations that are happening within those countries. Um, within those countries you know, were uh, toxic uh, burn pits that uh, were burning large heaps of trash. Uh, Blod uh, is, a, is a great example, 10 acres wide, um, where you know, the footprint of the American personnel was being put into a landfill, essentially, put JPA on top of that, and they set it on fire. Mm-hmm. Right? And these things would burn forever to the point where you, you know, I've talked to several uh, pilots that were flying operations in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, and they were using these pits as waypoints, you know, flying from Kuwait into, I don't know, Jaff or you know, uh, Basra, um, you know, Basra or, you know, up, up higher in, in the uh, Iraq uh, country. So, you know, they were using these as waypoints. That's incredible, yeah. right? So, you know, and, and not to mention, like, the batteries and the human waste and, you know, the body parts uh, that were being thrown into this thing. Uh, and, you know, largely these birthing areas were set right next to this thing. It's like, we're in the, this is some of the greatest minds in the planet, right? And we're thinking, and it's a wise idea to yeah. put a birthing area next to a trash heap that's on fire. 
Like, let's wrap our heads around that for a little bit. <laughs> like, that is insane. Yeah, it's like putting a me. kitchen sink underneath the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wash your dishes. Down there. <laughs> right. Right. So it's multitasking. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, here we are today. You know, twenty years after the beginning of the Gulf uh, of the uh, war in Afghanistan, right? And we have uh, papers, and there's been whistleblowers that said, uh, you know, early uh, from the time the Americans first stepped uh, foot in Afghanistan. Uh, there was concerns with the VA saying that this is going to be an issue. These these burn pits are going to come back and kill a lot of uh, American service. How members. long ago were they saying that? Beginning two thousand one. Okay, two thousand one. So they they have known. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they yeah. use game theory, they, <laughs> right? They 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 saw the outcome, the yeah. the foreseeable outcome, but they didn't. Have, they have done nothing to address it. Right? Wait, so the VA validated that it was going to be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Internal memos, which should be which should be their job, like to have some kind of preventative. And that's why that's where SOPs get put in place to say, OK, the only option we have with this trash is to burn it, presumably. Right. Um, are there better ways we can do that to protect our troops? Right. No, and that didn't yeah. happen. No, it, it happened later. Right. Uh, probably around two. I believe it's 2011. They started sending incinerators mm. uh, to these four ten employees. Years. It was ten years yeah. to get yeah. incinerators. Yeah. But the problem with that was the commanders on these fobs. One, they didn't know how to use them. Two, they didn't have the personnel to do it. Uh, and three, um, they yeah, stayed right. in the crates. They mm. were never used. Right. So these trash heaps continued up until I think it was like the last burn pit uh, was operating up until 2019. Right. That's crazy. Uh, so here we are today, right, where it's 20 years later, um, uh, American personnel dying in droves, right? Uh, probably well over 200,000 have died uh, in the last 20 years from this. Uh, you got a latency period of 10 to 15 years. Um, you know, so you know, what, the, what the, the VA is proposing is, well, we'll extend five years on uh, your end of, you know, from the time you've, you've left service. Well, that's, that, that doesn't cover anything for anybody. Right, because the latency period on this is over five years, mm -hmm. over ten years, right? And you know, so you're outside the window of protection that they're offering. Um, and that's and that's crazy. So you know, what we have done is uh, we've worked with Senator Gillenbrand uh, and uh, Representative Ruiz out of California, a, a medical practitioner, a fantastic individual, uh, probably one of the smartest men I've I've come in contact on Capitol Hill, and uh, put together the Warfighter Pact, um, which uh, establishes presumption. Right, and the reason why we think presumption is the most important part of this is, you know, you, the burden is left on the individual. Right, if we all know this as Marines, right, we have one thing that we it has been bred into us from the time we left boot camp is never, ever, ever lose your SRB. Right, that is the, that is king. Make copies of that. Blah 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 blah. The other the other uh, document that that exists that we do not have control over is our medical records, right? We don't get access to print those things off before we're exiting service, and you know once you once you're out, that thing gets sent to Kansas City and locked up and never seen again, right? Um, so the burden is put on the veteran to where they have to go to the VA. If I have I don't know um, constructive bronchiolitis, I have to go to the VA and prove to the VA that. That is because uh, this illness is because of burn pits. That's absurd. That's absurd. When it's already been identified that this is a carcinogen, right, and these are the outcomes that are coming from that, and we see this all the way back to 9-11 and, and the pit that was happening there mm -hmm. and all the exposure and the cancers that came from that. Uh, so it's, it's fascinating, uh, the, the complexity of this issue. Um, so, you know, we got... So we started with that bill, and it has grown into what it is today, and it's the Honoring Our Pact Act of 2021, 
Um, it removes uh, the burden from the veteran, uh, grants presumption on 23 cancers that uh, we have identified uh, through science and data, um, and gives access to you know three and a half million veterans that normally would not have that access. And you know when I think of individuals like Keith Robinson, um, who died on the floor of his home in the in the arms of his wife. Like that man didn't die with any dignity, mm-hmm. and he went out and did some incredible things for this country. Died on the floor in his wife's arms. I don't think that's how any American veteran wants to die. Yeah. So, so two weeks ago, you got in touch with Ron. Mm-hmm. What did? Why? Well, uh, so I, North Carolina is dear to me. Uh, one, I grew up here. Um, you know, I, I served in the Marine Corps uh, at Camp Lejeune, and I came here when I. Uh, opened up our foundation, um, and I, ca- I came here on this particular issue because um, this is where it all started for me, and I know that there are some incredible networks here uh, in, in Wilmington and uh, Jacksonville, uh, and some really great pipe hitters that have great networks and can activate individuals. Uh, so, you know, we uh, got in touch with Ron and said, hey, buddy, um, you know, this is what we're doing. Is there an opportunity that we can collaborate and you know, start activating this area and bring as many people as we possibly can to this uh, little rally that we're doing at uh, Senator Burr's office. And uh, being the great man that Ron is, he uh, he definitely jumped very quickly on that and started mobilizing uh, the the Veteran <laughs> Business Collective, if you will. Mm. Um, and we had a great showing yesterday. I think there was well over a hundred people, probably around two two hundred fifty people at the peak. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that's exactly that's exactly what you know these these networks are for is, yeah. is creating these opportunities and these moments uh, where you can you activate very quickly and bring as many people to a situation and and I think it you know for what we're dealing with the toxic exposure and, and the bill here it was the right is the right string to pull um, and definitely the right individual to call yeah Ron you are one of those pipe hitters and this is pretty near and dear to you right like well, this issue yeah um, you know it's it's uh, Kind of how Tim said, you know, he, he had no idea where he would be in, in his success and his leadership and ownership in the company, you know, and when I retired, like, yeah, there's things, I think a lot of us internalize things like this is a me problem, right? And I don't necessarily, we're also not good at asking for help. You guys have been to the range with me, you know, when we, when we get out there, we start setting up. I don't tell you how to do stuff. Mm-hmm. You guys are always asking me that, hey, how do, what do you need me to do? I don't know how to ask for help. I don't know. How, I just do, you know, and <clears throat> so you just, you know, you identify a problem and you find a solution, right? If it's a me problem, then it's a me solution. And that's kind of how <clears throat> I've internalized it. Um, you know, so then when, when, you know, Tim Kelsey reached out, you know, the Marine network and, um, I was like, yeah, you know what? I got, I've got North Carolina locked on. And then I, I think it was just my immediate thought was to call, you know, you two and chase and because we're, we're your sleeper cell. Tomorrow. Yeah. When, when yes. you get the call to activate from higher, yes. Yes. We're, we're, yes. signal fires, who he calls. Yes. <laughs> uh, team, we got to go. Yes. But, um, it, it, it was just, uh, a kind of, like, I love the VBC. I love that my company is part of it. I love being being part of it. And it's just, uh, it's, you know, and I know I was telling Tim, it's just really awesome to just get a bunch of like-minded people there. And like I said, too, you know, before, it's like, I kind of feel like, 
standard, like very basic, because I'm still in a tactical space where you got, you know, you guys have media, you have your own insurance firm, you know, and, and uh, Chase has got a, uh, a sanitation restoration thing. So, and I'm just like, I look back and I'm just like, man, I'm like, like I don't know, like, why am I here kind of thing, you know? But you also spent a lot more time downrange in operating mode than any of us did. And it's funny because sure. I look at Ron like, man, I just have a boring ass insurance I don't see it like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? um, it's because you got a heart of gold. <clears throat> yeah, I know. When, uh, when, when Tim reached out and it was like, and it just made me think like, this is, the, this is what the BBC is for. This is it right here. This. And the same thing, the other, the other, you know, quest that you guys are on with the uh, medical marijuana for veterans, of, you know, with post-traumatic uh, stress and all of the other issues. Um, <coughs> I was like, these guys are already versed in it. They already understand the network. They understand that, 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 that navigational path, you know, to our uh, um, elected officials. And um, I thought that uh, this is good. And, you know, for me personally, having respiratory issues, um, <coughs> Sorry, <clears throat> I uh, I wasn't even aware of this until like we had talked and like this is what we were doing. Um, I, I I wasn't even aware of it. And now it's like yeah, it's like this is it's us. And I say this all the time. It's like, it's up to us to take care of us. You know, um, I don't do. I think every person in our political <laughs> atmosphere needs to have served. It would be nice, but I don't think it's necessary because I do think we need profession. I do think we do need like leaders in, of industry. I think we need innovators up there as well, but we also need to have a very strong percentage of veterans up there because I don't, I don't need, we, we do not need somebody to continue to make decisions for us, for, for the people who volunteer. Like I said, as early as 17, like I did, we don't need these people who've never been there and don't know what it's like to say goodbye to a family mm. and be gone for nine months and not see your kid born you know, and to see your brothers and sisters dies. We don't need them making decisions for us. We need veterans up there who've done it and understand sacrifice and understand suffering, but understand that we all knew, we all knew what we were doing. We didn't know what we were getting into, but we, we knew what we were doing mm. when we raised our right hand. So being part of this is like, it's, it's made my um, personal value and how I feel about being part of the Veteran Business Collective is just it's on a whole nother plane um, because we were able to utilize our network that you guys created in this town and which has now got a few other chapters, you know, in the state and in a couple other states. And now we got to bring in a veteran owned organization, which at one time or another, most of us have some of their shirts and I still have my favorite one, which is. Abe Lincoln, all tacked out. Yeah. But the most important thing in this shirt, Abe's a lefty. <laughs> there we go, there right? Go. Was so, he a lefty? Uh, who, who knows? Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He is on the shirt, so guess what? Abe Lincoln was yeah. left-handed. All right? I think, he, I, think I believe he was, actually, because I was re just reading something on him. So I think it's historically accurate and yeah. a kick-ass T-shirt. But, um, yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, I just, um, I think there's so much more we can do um, like, yes, I love, I so much, and I'm not trying to discredit my company and what I've done and, and being, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in being an inventor 
and I have patents and, um, and that's really cool. Something was in my head and now it's real. Um, but I do have, you know, as, as a company, my partners and I, we do want to get to the point where we can give back to a veteran, a veteran entrepreneur, mm. a veteranpreneur who's coming up, who has an idea. Um, and, and we can do it. We can do it. I mean, Tim is, is a, a prime, he's like American success story across the board. Veteran, <coughs> married, family, confused, don't know what I'm doing, <coughs> uses benefits, <coughs> got college, and then started folding t-shirts. And then now he's here, he's leading the charge to help. His, he didn't stop, you know, and this is that thing that I talk about. I talked about on, when we did our podcast the other day. I, my call to serve is still there. Um, you talked about it yesterday. And <coughs> sorry, guys. <coughs> my call to serve is there and I want to help my community. My community is, is, isn't just a veteran community. It's a community that I live in. You know, my, my community now is my son is five years old. Mm. That's, you know, I want my community. I, I need to make it better for him. I need to do, how can I do that? How can I do that? Well, start getting out there. Don't be like recluse, but be, you know, be out there, find other, other, you know, like-minded individuals and come together and try to make an impact, you know, use our powers for good. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, you know, something very important that you said there. Um, and what we all need to really understand is there's nobody coming to help, right? We are, we are <laughs> in many respects, uh, responsible for our own futures, right? And the, the tighter we become as a, as a collective of veterans, um, the better we can, you know, make these outcomes for ourselves, right? Because, you know, nobody has our interests in mind, right? That's been apparent for, you know, the last 60, 70 years. Well, you both, you both said something I think it's interesting. Maybe we could explore it a little bit deeper. I agree with you, Ron. I think we need more people from our warfighter generation in Washington. You think of Dan Crenshaw and Tom Cotner, a few names to throw out there. Um, and whether they will not make the right decision, they will not, we will not be politically aligned with them 100% of the time. But people up there to represent based off of prior experience is important. But, dude, you are doing something at a level that's way higher than what we have going here, but we're aspiring to it. You are getting veteran business involved in political decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's an important distinction um, because there's a lot of us and we are the ones that create the jobs. Government doesn't do that. Right. We're the ones that help drive the economy. Government doesn't do that. It's what we make with our hands and our head uh, in the products and the services that we provide. And we have power. Yes. And when you have power, you also have influence and nobody's coming to help. So where did all of that come together for you that you're like, no, I've got something here that I can, I can move the ball forward for our community? Well, you know, that's a, that's a great question, man. Like, I, I think back a lot of what Cronstyle has done over the years, right? I, I, I think about Hurricane Harvey when Hurricane Harvey hit Texas. We were still up in Chicago at the time. We sent 18 tons of uh, supplies down to Houston. We launched team members of Grunt Style down there, and we were pulling people out of their homes. That was one great thing. Uh, spent $250,000 in a, a place called uh, Rockport, Texas, and, uh, and, and rebuilt their children's center. I spent three months of my life on the ground there built, help, helping rebuild that child, uh, children's center. Amazing. Uh, I think back to 2013, uh, <laughs> you know, when I first got in with the business. Uh, we were part of bringing uh, 15,000 combat veterans to Washington when they shut down the, uh, the National Mall right during sequestration. 
Uh, they put um, barriers around every national monument uh, for us war fighters, and that was wrong. We got involved and we we made a difference, and we we called our we called our community, and we went up there, uh, opened up every one of those um, uh, monuments, carried the the uh, barriers all the way over to the White House, and threw it over the fence into the White House lawn. That was a, a powerful moment. Um, you know, so I don't know if there's necessarily a moment in time that I said, you know, we have, this is what we have and this is what we can do. I think it's more have been, you know, we've built something incredible and it's to Ron's point, you know, it's time to use what we have here for good, mm. right? And let's be good humans and let's raise our community up, uh, and, and really put a, uh, a focus on our community that has been often overlooked for, like I said, decades, right? And it's time to celebrate who we are. It's time to celebrate what we've contributed to this country. It's time to celebrate, you know, the 20 years of the American warfighter that has done the impossible, right? The impossible. Think about this. Like, I was there when the first Iraqi national election happened, watching, you know, millions of people vote for the first time in that, that blue mark on their finger. I watched as uh, women and children stood in line to vote for the very first time in their, in their life, right? And being gunned down, pissing in the... In defecating on themselves and stepping over bodies but they never ran because they wanted that chance to vote like this these are the things that we've been a part of we were a part of uh, you know uh, reshaping afghanistan in ways that has never done before to where 60 percent of that the, of that nation of the population of that nation is under the age of 20 years old think about that 60 percent of the population so those that population has an incredible perspective of the american warfighter and the 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 generosity, the kindness. So these are things that we should be celebrating, right? And that's what I want to use our business for is to celebrate these moments, yeah. right? Celebrate what we as veterans have done to reshape the world in many respects and you know how we uh, continue to be leaders of example uh, within our communities here in the United States. Pull, pulling together what would seemingly be due two disparate thoughts for some people but completely makes sense in my head because I've seen it happen in my own life. Ron, you talked about your desire and willingness to continue serving. You do that differently now than you did previously. Tim, I think you just summarized it, how you've done it through your business. But going back to 2013 um, with that story that you just told about going to DC, when you do that for the right reasons, mm -hmm. it has a big impact on business. Does it not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it, and, and, you know, it, it, there is impacts on business, uh, but what I think is the most important is, you know, the authenticity that comes right. behind that, right? Is, you know, we're not a brand out, you know, obviously we're a brand that, that needs to make money, right? That's what brands are, that's what business is. Uh, but it's what you do with that brand. It's what you do uh, with that responsibility, right? Uh, as Spider-Man has said in the comic books, with great power comes great responsibility. Right? Yeah. Uncle Ben. Um, not not <laughs> in Coheed and Cambria comic books. Spider-Man. But, you know, it, it, it comes down to that. Like, what are you going to do with that power, man? What are you going to do with that, that ability to influence? Right? Are you going to continue to go out there and make your, your name bigger and, 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 and totally point that inward and say, look at me. Rah, 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 yeah. I've got five million people on my Instagram page. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right? Um, it's, you know, how many lives can you impact? How many people can you get down to that grassroots level and say, hey, look, um, I, you know, as a veteran that has seen combat service, hey, man, you might be hurting. Right. And, uh, but let me show you that there's a better way. There's mm. something more out there. Right. 
um, and you know, you can do this too because I'm just one individual, right? And uh, to, to what Ron said, like it's a story, right? It's a come up story, but there's nothing that I did that any one of you couldn't do sitting at this table, right? There's nothing unique about it. It just, I, I saw it, I, I saw an opportunity and I pursued it and, and I wasn't going to let that go. That's how I got here. Last night at VBC, I was watching people's faces as you were talking because I've tried to pull myself out and stop watching the people talking, but the people listening. And when you said that, there is nothing that I've done that you yourself can't do. Some of the younger guys that were in that room, like face lit up, nodding in agreement. Like it, it takes that from somebody who's been there, done it, and has seen success to reach back and say, a hundred percent you can do this. Yeah. There's uh, no limitations on you to do it. I forget the guy that uh, said this, but maybe it's Goggin, uh, somebody, some one of these you know Navy SEAL guys, right? Yeah. I probably read it in one. They of are, books. yeah, <laughs> a Navy SEAL that wrote a book, right? Right, <laughs> probably chapter seven. I don't know. Pretty uh, hair, let you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it, there is there is power to this. Is like, you know, what's the what's how do you set up your day for success? The first thing you do, you make your freaking bed. Make your bed. Oh, that was Mc, uh, that was McCraven. Admiral yeah. McCraven, yeah. So at UT, yeah. Think about that. Like you, you are setting a condition, right? And uh, a behavior that is all life is 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 a pattern of behaviors. How you know, are you going to set those behaviors for success, or are you going to set them for destruction? Mm-hmm. What is it going to be? It's black and white. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe our last thought as we kind of wind this thing down. Tell us about yesterday. What was your personal feeling about what happened yesterday? Wow, it was, a, it was kind of uh, like it, it was a great moment, right? Um, to see all those veterans out there, uh, a lot of them not even really knowing what the situation uh, is and, and being educated on that, fantastic. Um, everybody coming together on this issue, it's, it's enormous. Uh, it got a little bit emotional for me at the end of the night as I started thinking about it. Um, maybe I had a little, uh, a little too much vodka, but... <laughs> <laughs> that but, helps. Uh, but man, like what we're doing, I think about my friend Frank. I think about um, I think about him a lot, and I lost. Uh, he he died to this in 2012. Uh, I took his daughter uh, Chloe Hazelwood with me to Washington on my last turn. That was a powerful moment, man. Like I'm, I'm getting a little wispy mm-hmm. just thinking about it. Like you know, she lost she lost her dad at 10 years old. Her mom shortly right after, and you know. Her and her brother have been raised by their family, us Marines, right? Because that's what we do. We take mm. care of our own. And, um, you know, taking her with me to Washington on this particular subject and getting her to, you know, see what we were doing. And I live, I live to make, you know, the, the, the men that, uh, that, we, that we lost in combat, I don't ever want to shame them. I don't ever want to live a life that I can't be proud of, that knowing that they're looking down at me, you know, however you look in, in, in spirituality, knowing that they're with me every day. And I got to make them proud. And that's, that has been my driving force. Mm. Amen. And I think that <clears throat> that's what, where the genuineness comes from in, in all of us participating in this. And, you know, when you, when you get behind an issue, you can, especially if it's political, which this should not be political, but people can think about you differently. They can think about your business differently. There might be some reputational risk that you run when doing things like that. Um, but what you just described, I think is the confluence of all those things that we just talked about. You're getting behind it genuinely and like just to paint a parallel, you know, uh, 
XYZ corporation jumps on XYZ flavor of the week yeah. and and they do cause marketing because they think they're going to get new customers from it. And and most people look at it like, dude, that's so fake. That's disingenuous. It's not authentic where what you've just described is doing something for the right reason. And and it has that like compound effect where it just becomes win, 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 win. And nobody really loses from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the people that are gone, they lost and their families are still losing um, because you can't replace a life. But if we can use that as a motivator to go do the next best thing, which I think is something that you said last night, like, what do we do now? We just do the next best thing and keep doing the next best thing. We honor their memories. We take care of their families and we hope that we can make future generations have to hurt less. Yeah. Than, than yeah, what ours are. Absolutely. And I had a, I won't, I won't say the gentleman's name, but I had a, a very interesting conversation with a, a gentleman, um, a former Army guy, and, uh, and he broke down last night. And, you know, he, he, I pulled him aside and we had a, a nice conversation and, you know, I embraced him and you know, I was hugging him and I was like, hey, man, I'm glad you're with us. I'm glad you're still here, man, because we need you. We mm. need you in our community. Mm. We need you as a person. Your family needs you as a father, as a contributor. Um, and it's hard, man. It's hard, especially, you know, hearing stories of, of that from individuals that, you know, have been on the path, you know, fighting our enemies and, 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 and bringing the pain to them in, in austere environments around the world. And this individual is now sitting here crying and saying, no, I want to end my life. Like, we can do better. Yeah. Right. And that's our responsibility to, to, to pick those people up. And when you see them, you, you don't walk past them. You stop and you say, hey, man, what's going on? How can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. 100%, man. Um, whew, Matt, I don't know what else to say. I'm, I'm almost out of words. Yeah, this has been a... Because <clears throat> I'm clearing my know, right? Uh, Sorry to be so heavy. We're all going to hug and cry at the end of <laughs> right? this. <Goodbye. laughs> you know, one last jerk. thing I would say is, you know, the, the, the things that, I, that have really brought me into a lot of focus um, within the last six months... Um, you know, I, I had a, a very interesting journey, right? I, I participated in some ayahuasca uh, that has helped me with my own demons that I've been fighting. And uh, that I did that in November. And I will tell you what that has been able to do for me is, is really open up uh, a, a side of me that I, I, I never thought existed. Yeah. And connect with people in ways that, I, you know, one, I never really cared for before that experience. But here I, here I am now. Uh, I feel a much better human. Um, and you know, listening, a better listener and a better contributor to my family, uh, better, better involved in my business, um, and you know, that's all we we really just need to be doing is taking self inventory of how are we showing up every day. Yeah, yeah, and that's the most important thing. Well, having not known you forty eight hours ago, um, and just seeing you know grunt style, I wish you guys nothing but success. I hope I hope that the next stop is five hundred million and then a billion, and that everybody goes out and buys your t-shirts and and supports your company. Um, and I'm honored that you came to Wilmington. I'm humbled to be in your presence, dude. And and I just wish the best for you and 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 the five hundred employees, but also the other thousand people that radiate outside of that because you don't just hire a person; you hire a family. And you right. said that so very well in the opening, man. So. Um, I appreciate you for being here, dude. Uh, really, hell awesome. yeah, dude. Whew. Ron, you got anything you want to say as our guest well, co-host? I actually have <laughs> saved round. Um, saved round, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wanted to wanted to ask you when shifting back to 
your growth uh, on your, you know, being part owner uh, in your current position at Grunstyle, when did you hit the point where you realized that you were doing too much, you were spread too thin that you're like, I need to ask for help. I need, I need somebody to run my social media. I need to hire four more people for a design team. Like, what was the point? Like, where, what were the signs? And, and, and then the other thing with that is, is, is in the decision factor, financially is, is the other thing. So what did you have to go to that point, to that point where you almost like broke yourself, you were spread so thin because you were building up for capital or did you get to that, that point where you didn't know how to ask for help or know how, how to, how to give, give it away yeah. to free up your time, which essentially is your time is more valuable, not folding shirts, right. not having to draw things, going out there and repping and promoting and growing the brand. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think, as I think back, uh, at my career, you know, I walked into Grunstyle, you know, having no understanding of business, right? You know, yeah, other than my my failed attempt of an art studio, <laughs> 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 um, but you know it it's a series of failures, right? You will fail more than you will ever be successful, hands down. Like, and you got to be accepted of that, right? Uh, and you and you have to know when you're 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 punching outside your weight class. Um, you know, for me, uh, I knew that early when I you know I was a I was 35 years old when I became an officer in this company, right? Uh, there's nobody in my peer group that I could bounce all ideas off of. I knew, I didn't know any other executives in, in my, my network, right? Cause I'm just a schmuck carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, so I, I got into, uh, uh, an executive group called Vistage, uh, and spent three years there. And I was, you know, it was an incredible group that, you know, uh, revenues from a million dollars to 2.2 billion in mm. in revenue, right? So I was around some of the greatest minds of Chicago and business leaders. Uh, they're all doing the same thing. They just needed a network of people that they can bounce ideas off of and you know grow together. Uh, so that was one thing that I did. Um, and the the other thing that you know, I was very cognizant of is where do I spend my time? Because that's my most valuable asset, right? Because you don't there's, you can make a lot of things, but what you can't do is make more time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so if I'm, if I'm spending more than 80% of my time doing something that I don't like doing, then I need to fire myself from that position. Right. And I, I constantly look at things that I'm, I'm working on is like, how do I fire myself from this? How do I fire myself from this? And who can I, who can I identify that can pick up that slack or do I need to hire out for that? Is there opportunity that I can hire? What's the budget look like? How are we baked in the yada, 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 looking at the P and L's and you know, all the business stuff. Um, and you know, that's a, that's a tricky uh, thing to thread as well, right? And I, I will not be bashful about this. Like, Grunstall has put itself in, in some financial straits uh, several times, right? And that's through growth, um, you know. And you know, we we almost like crashed this uh, company um, three years ago, right? Uh, we were thirty million dollars in unfunded liability, and you know that was that was a dangerous position to be in, right? Um, but you got to recover, right? And you have to know where your 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 weak points are, where your exposures are, um, and then you know how do you how do you bring in the talent that's going to be able to shore up those uh, those weak points? Just mm -hmm. like just like anything in the military, right? Your fighting position is you know, is constant, right? You are constantly improving your fighting position. That's how you got to be looking at your business as well. It's like where's my weak points? How do I continuously improve that? Yeah, uh, to to put a perfect bow around that. 
you know, we started this show because we wanted to encourage other people to feed their mind, strengthen their body, enrich their spirits, and grow their tribes. And what you just said in answer to Ron's question was basically all of that. Invest in yourself uh, through all sorts of different means. Whatever That's going to mean something different to everybody. Yeah. Some people are going to be all about self-help books. You went on a spirit journey at points you know, throughout, throughout your career. You found other people, a peer group that you could bounce stuff off of and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. How would you deal with it? And that's how you grow. And that's yep. how you thrive. And that's how you succeed. That's right. So, try, baby. Yeah, try, baby. That's going to be just, I won't even do the sign off, Matt. <laughs> We're just going to call this one Try, baby. Try, baby. Try, baby. I love it. Should it should be a shirt. Yeah, yeah right? hell yeah. Try, baby. <laughs> and now he's got something to doodle on the, on the flight home, man. Yeah, um, that's going to do it for this episode of Signal Fire Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a five-star review. Go follow Grunt Style on Instagram. They're a ton of fun. And buy their t-shirts. And also uh, follow Riker USA because I know you're running the whole show by yourself, Ron, but you do a really good job, man. And I hope people will buy your stuff too. Yes. Yes. And, hey, you know what? Use the code Riker20 at checkout. Hell yeah. I, I, I have one of his uh, devices. I think I, I even have the first model. Yeah. Right? And I tell you, it is it definitely improved my shooting game. I showed up the last time I went to shoot with Ron. I showed up with my new AR. I was so proud of it. Like, I just gotten it. A guy passed away, unfortunately. But Ron's like, what is this thing, man? 1962 Vietnam? So I just gave, <laughs> I gave, Ron, <laughs> I gave Ron a healthy a healthy sum of money to help me trick, trick it out. So it's I, we're going <laughs> yeah, we're, we're to have some fun with that next week, man. So anyways, until next time, go out and feed your mind, strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe and go be a signal fire in your community. We'll talk to you next time.